Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Share your question or comments using the live chat feature on our website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Again, that's www.allaboutwinebtr.com. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Hey. Oh. All right, settle down. Settle uh, down. That's enough. That's enough. Very good. Well, Very good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good crowd. It is. You know, they're happy. It's nice weather. We, you know, had a little rain go there. Did you see that hail they were having over on the on the east coast? Yes, Jacksonville area, oh. the the east. Yeah. Area. Oh yeah. Yeah, unbelievable one. Oh yeah. And, yeah. <clears throat> and high I mean, winds we got and, and high winds yeah, water, and hailstones. I think was up there. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That just that was that same front that went through the whole state, but boy, it mm-hmm. built up before it hit them. That was nasty there. So. Yeah, it was it was rough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we are. Another yeah. issue of our edition, or whatever you want to call it, all about wine. <laughs> yeah. March twenty eighth. March twenty eighth. This month, I think, is an anniversary month for us too. I we, I think we missed. We, oh, we celebrated. That's right. Ten years this month. Yeah. Yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, happy birthday, y'all. <laughs> happy anniversary. We said we were going to do something about it, too. It was like, oh, it's coming yeah, up ninth, I, ninth or tenth or something. and uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I forgot yeah. about it until just now. Just now when you said you March know, 28th, I went, oh, anniversary. I, I did play a special show for our anniversary. It was at 3 o'clock in the morning. and did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't You know what? Actually, I don't even remember connecting with Blog Talk Radio. I think I just played it locally here. So. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, that that yeah, might have been yeah. it. <laughs> I just, just now remember, you know, 10 years, over 10 years now we've been we've been yeah. doing this on, on Blog Talk on Radio. Radio. So. Wow. That is amazing. That is mm. amazing. 10 years. Wow. That's still yeah. going. And 200 yeah. and... 218,000 listeners, I think, is what the last count was. Somewhere around there. I think wow. I check, but, uh, yeah, quite a few. Let's see quite a few listeners. listeners. And I don't know how many episodes. It's not like 52 times 10 because we missed some here and there and different reasons and stuff. But uh, 218,873. Woohoo! Thank you all, all very right. much. Thank you all You're very awesome. much, yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, hope it was entertaining the whole time. Yeah. So, and that's not counting the period that we had um, military. What's it called? Um, oh yeah, that's right. The um, on our forces radio network. network. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There too. We had that for what, about six months, and that that mm-hmm. doesn't count. The yep. listeners to that, they try to right. revive that. That's what happened too. They try to revive the, uh, what is it? A F A F R N A F R N, yeah, A F R N, yeah. They try to revive A F R N, and uh, they, you know, got shows and all that on it. And they they picked us, which I was I was thrilled and excited and and flattered that they picked us as one of the shows that they were playing and. They uh, uh, tried to revive the AFRN, and 
they did it for about six months, and then we got notification that, no, we, we can't do it. It's closing. So we were sad. Sad because yeah, I'm sure some troops out there. I used to listen to AFI when I was in Vietnam, so it was sort of nostalgic to me, too, on that. So. But, but, no, no. but we had listeners on that. Plus, we had you know a lot of listeners that tuned in on other means besides just blog talk radio um, they would hop in and download it to other methods and so so we've you know that that number is is a good number but i'm sure it's greater than what it should be or it should be greater than what it is that's that's my term so uh once you finish listening to us tonight don't forget to tune in to mike on his sky blue radio he'll be on from 10 to midnight and uh Playing music from the 70s and 80s. At least that's what he said. Or anything else. If you want to call him to make a request, I'm sure he can accommodate you. So. Yeah. Uh, we try to. Yeah. So that's, that's coming up tonight. And uh, let's see. What else we got? Um, uh, oh, here I, I received something in the mail. How hard was it to pop that cork? Okay. This, this was a thing from... Uh, Mark Ten is the name of the company. Or how easy. This is unsure of uniformity in your production runs with the Mark Ten's all-new G1105 cork extraction force measurement system. It's designed for bottles up to 150. Yes. What you do is this machine. You actually put this. You put a bottle on it. You. Uh, it's a metal machine with a base, and it's got a thing that goes around the neck of the bottle. And you, I don't know how it works. I think it actually screws, it has a screw that goes down into it, and you turn on, it pulls the cork out, and it tells you the measurement of how much force it takes to pull the cork out. So then that way you can see if you are uniform in your corks that are going into your wines. So uh, mm. I saw that's that. Not a consumer, it's not for the consumer. No, that's for a, it, a, a wine. In, it's for a winery, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. It, wow, it, you know, if, if you're using a screw cap, it, it's a force and cork measurement engineer. Machine. No, I guess it is screw cap. So it has has a little table you can set it on, clamp it down, grab the the top of the of the uh, well the stelvin top and twist it, and it measures the force that it takes to twist it off of the bottle. Okay, but that <laughs> that's not adjustable, is it? I don't I think mean, so. You put those screw cap on there. It's it's on there. There's nothing. There's not a dial you can set and go. You know what? I think this needs to be tighter. And it's what about the cork? One piece. Yeah, it's usually a one piece thing. And the same thing huh. with the cork. Now the cork you can adjust if you got if you got too big of a cork or too small of a cork. Okay. Yeah. Because corks come in different sizes. You can you can get a little bit bigger cork or a little bit smaller cork, and. Uh, do it. I had a problem with corks at one time. I was really having a problem, and I'm going, boy, what is wrong? What is my? So I called the cork company and I said, what's going on? And they checked their lot and they did not put the coating. All the corks have a coating on it, so that they slide in and out of the bottle easier. And I didn't know that until that time. So. I was having problems putting them in and getting them out, and it's because there was no coating on the cork to slide in easier and pull out easier. But uh, you can adjust your cork so that the pull on it. I don't know what the ideal pull would be. I, I don't know. If you all want to check this out, go to www.markmark-10.com slash cork. And you can learn more there. But I just saw this, and I thought that was an interesting bit of nonsense, if you will. So, <laughs> all right, we have we have coming up 
in the near future, the near future, some festivals in Tampa. Rusty, uh, shout out to Rusty. He's uh, a good listener for years. He's he's listening. I've, I've met Rusty a couple times. He's a truck driver. He listens to us traveling around the country. But Rusty wrote me a note here, and he said, I thought you might like to know about in Tampa on 4-7 through 4-14. So that's coming up this coming, not this weekend, but next weekend, 4-7 through 4-14. From 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., they will be having the Burns Wine Fest at the Epicurean Hotel in Tampa. And Burns Burns Steakhouse. In steakhouse? Oh, as yeah. in the Steakhouse, yeah. Yeah, it's a very, very good Steakhouse. It, is you know high quality. They're always burned. Steakhouse is always listed. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you got that. Uh, <laughs> I've been there once, and it was like, oh my gosh, you know, it was good, but oh my gosh. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. <laughs> you need a family of four for a week on one meal there. Yeah, mm. but, oh yeah, yeah. Burn Steakhouse has their their epic at the Epicurean Hotel. Uh, which is located at 1207 South Howard, which is not too far from where they're located. I think they're right down there area too. But 1207 South Howard is where the hotel is. But it's uh, the whole week, 4-7 through 4-14, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. So it's wow. 12 hour thing. Uh, they're uh, Burns Wine Fest. I, I don't know, 14, <clears throat> is 14, so that's Sunday through Sunday. Um, I, I have no idea anymore. I, I'll have to check and see if I can't find more information for that. Or you can do that. You can check and see if you can't find anything about it to pass on here. Find something on it because I should have looked it up, but I didn't. So that's coming up uh, in Tampa uh, on uh, a week from this weekend. That's going to last for a week, so it'll be there for a long time. Also, for those of you who are visiting Tampa, uh, Bush Gardens of Tampa is having their food and wine festival every weekend until the end of April, 428 is the last day. So that's something to mark your calendars. Uh, that's a good event, too. So those are a couple things going on in Tampa as far as festivals go. And again, thank you, Rusty, for the heads up. I didn't know about the Burns Wine Fest. I, I'm sure it's a cool thing. And I, he didn't send me any prices or anything. So if you, you know, find something. It, it, it's their 22nd annual event. 22nd oh, really? annual 20 event. <laughs> this is number wow. 22. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can tell you, know, Burns Wine Fest. Why do, I not know yeah. about, why do they not publish it in the papers or something more here? They might next week. They might have something in there, but oh, I'm sure. Think it's, it's, want to know beforehand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, trying to find ticket prices, but uh, it's uh, it says join us for a full week to indulge in all your wildest culinary and wine fantasies, benefiting the Laxer Family Foundation. Um. They've added two dinners to this year's list of events. They've got uh, quite a like seminars. They've got a, a wine fest, winemaker dinner, um, art bubbles, and burns. That every day has a different uh, theme to it, I guess. So um, there's uh, yeah quite a, and I'm guessing each one of these is a separate ticket event. So if I go to, I'm, I'm trying sure. to find something here. It burns it would be. While you're looking that up, let me let yeah. me tell you about another event coming up. I mentioned this. Line. Oh, you find something? No. <laughs> oh, you food, you food there? It's a uh, Monday, April the eighth, for instance, at Burns Steakhouse itself is the Burns Wine Fest Winemaker Dinner. Uh-huh. You should go to this. You should go to this. Well, it's already sold out. Uh, tickets oh. were six $600 per person. Oh! And <laughs> that would fill Plus, up the All About Wine jet. I mean, you know, with the they, fuel that gets they, around. Yeah. It, it's already sold out. So uh, 
There goes that idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see if there's a, I'm going to give you another price here. Oh, this is cheaper. At the Epicurean Theater, there is a, uh, I don't know how do you say this, Ruinar, Ruinar Champagne and Fried Chicken Seminar. This is a seminar for $150. Champagne and fried chicken. Um, Brewers Supper Club. That's not too bad. It's sold out. One seventy-five. They. I don't think they, they're going to be doing any um, advertising anytime they, they, soon. Some of these events. It looks like everything's uh, getting sold out here. So uh, they might sell out yeah. like a year in advance. You probably go to this one and say, "Okay, book me for next year," and they might do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm guessing you, that's going to have to. Uh, Haven Gala Winemaker. Haven Haven Gala Winemaker Dinner, April the twelfth. At Haven Restaurant, I haven't heard of that one. Um, Neither, huh? Dressy casual, dressy casual attire. Uh, complimentary valet parking. It's only three seventy five per person. That has always been has also been sold out. Um, oh gosh! But they list they we list the uh, course. Whew, wow. Yeah. Never mind. That's that's we out of uh, we'd have to sell the jet to go to this. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, maybe if I drop the name uh, mm-hmm. All About Wine, Blog Talk Radio, then I might be able to get in. Media. I see media passes. Media. <laughs> <laughs> really? Media. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll tell them I'll talk about you all, all show. Or, you know, a couple of shows. We already used we already started talking about them. We've already talked about them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, here's a wine country picnic. Now, that sounds – it's sold out, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Saturday, April, Saturday, April the 13th, Epicurean Theater in Terrace. Uh, picnic chic is the attire. What is – I have no idea. You're going to ask. I don't know. I don't know. Picnic um, chic. $200 per person. Uh, and it's also sold out. Wine blending seminar and wine country picnic. Oh man! $200. God, that sounds perfect. I don't know what wine wine picnic chic is. Uh, so. I, what I'm picturing, I'm, uh, what I'm picturing is the ladies in the big hats, the long dresses, and the men in <laughs> sort of you know bicycle built for two attire, you know stuff like that. That's what I'm picturing. Okay. So. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I can't think of any other picnic chic. Picnic chic. And and then they have another one that says casual chic. I don't know what casual chic is. Is that casual chic? Um, Anybody the out there don't. listening? Yes. Let us know. I mean, any anybody <laughs> that you know. I know you're into wine if you're listening, but if you're if you've got friends or relatives or anybody that might know what picnic chic and casual chic is. Yeah. We really want to know. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, is another. The uh, final, the grand tasting event is sold out. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That would have been a good, a rare opportunity to taste more than 200 top-rated wines and spirits paired with culinary treasures. Wow. Would, you know, I good. think, what was it, three years ago or something like that? Three, four years ago, I did bring this up. I did talk about one of these because I added the whole thing up. And if you put everything, added everything up, it was like $3,800, $4,000 to go to everything. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think we did talk about this uh, two or three years ago. Probably. But, uh, and that's why we never brought it up again. <laughs> that's why we never talked about it again. It was like, oh my gosh, you know. I mean, I'm sure it's tank. worth it, you know, if, if, oh, you're, yeah, sure. if you're into that kind of thing, you know, but uh, that's, ooh, that's uh, priced me right out of it. Yes, yes. Mm. I can say, yeah, I'm not going to sell the jet just to go to that. Yeah. But, because yeah. we're going to yep. need the jet to go to this. This, you know, we, yes. we might need the jet to go to this. This is the Wine Spectators Grand Tour. Yeah, I, I hmm. talked about this last year. Huh? There are over 240 of the world's finest wineries. All wines are going to be rated 90 plus, and they've got an unbelievable list of the wineries here. 
You can buy tickets at grandtour.winespectator.com. And it's going to be held at three cities. You're going to get a souvenir reader glass and a delicious buffet at any of the three cities. It is on April the 27th uh, this year at the Mirage in Las Vegas. The next one is May the 2nd at Navy Pier in Chicago. And then the one close to us here, Mike, is May the 10th at the Fountain Blue in Miami. Tickets are starting at $200. And it doesn't say tickets are $200. Tickets are starting at $200. And VIPs enjoy an extra hour of tasting. And so uh, that's coming up. So we can we can use our jet to, to fly out to uh, Las Vegas, I mean, even up to Chicago. Yeah. It'd be cheaper or, than Miami. Or drive. Or drive to no, Miami. <laughs> I drive to Miami. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Load, load just, up the Ford Pinto and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you Radio go. on a budget. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got a set of And then we use yeah. valet parking. <laughs> then we use valet. <laughs> and tell them, don't pinch it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep, that's perfect. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the Grand Tour, Wine Spectators Grand Tour. I talked about the three cities, three spectacular wine tastings, starting at two hundred dollars. I, you know, that's 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 a pretty cool thing. There's a lot of wineries there that uh, from all over the world. Some some really. Big names and wineries are going to be taken. You know, and the sad thing is, 240 wineries, uh, all rated nine. You can't taste them all. There's no way you're going to be able to taste all of them. Uh, it mm. is, you, you might, I mean, even if every wine you had one wine, there's no way you're going to work your way through 240 different tastings and, yeah. and, and, and enjoy it and understand it and be able to talk a little bit about it and all that. That's, you know, I, I went to a tasting down at Raymond James Stadium. That's the uh, Buck Stadium. And there was, it was the taste of Napa. And there was a bunch, a bunch of wineries down there. And there was no way we made it through all those. We were, we were going around and, and tasting a little bit. And we had to spit. I mean, you know, we had our own little <laughs> container we carried with us. And we, we spit into it as we went, because I hate spitting you know, it's just disgusting. But if we swallowed all that alcohol, we would have never been able to drive home. And it was really sad because you found the wine you really liked and you would sit there talking to the person for 10 minutes, which because of that knocked off your time to be able to taste a couple, three others that you never made it to. And so mm. 204 wines is, yeah, that's a lot. So, so mm. no, no well. Editorialized a little bit on that one there, but uh, that's right. So there's a couple of things for everybody out there. You got the what the Burns is is it's moot even talking about that because everything sold out. Um, yeah, seems yeah, like it. Just, yeah, everything know. I was what I was selecting. Yeah, it was sold. Yeah, sold out. And uh, but Bush Gardens is still available. That's always a fun mm-hmm. event. The Bush Garden uh, thing. That's every weekend until. 428 to April 28th uh, weekend. And I think the 29th is on a Monday. Yeah, so the 28th is Sunday. Uh, so there's something you can look forward to there. And uh, let's see. Let's, and the Grand Tour Grand Tour has uh, tickets still available for the Grand Tour. So those are, those are good to go. Available. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. So there you go. Yeah. And so, and it's actually cheaper. Yeah, but it's only one. Yep. Well, it's an evening. Yeah. Today is the 28th, which is National Black Forest Cake Day. And it's also National Something on a Stick Day. So anything that you can well, actually go to a state fair and you can get just about everything on a stick. So that didn't. Tomorrow, National Chiffon Cake Day. I haven't had a piece of chiffon cake in like 100 years. Uh, Saturday, we've got National Hot Chicken Day. 
as opposed to cold wings or something. National Hot Chicken. And then also National Turkey Neck Soup Day is Saturday. That's funny. They throw National Turkey Neck Soup in there, which, you know, you're no events to have turkey, but you get National Turkey Neck Soup Day. Monday, the 31st, National Oysters on the Half Shell Day. And National Clam Day. It's a little seafood day there coming up on Sunday the 31st. Monday, that's April the 1st already. It's April Fool's Day, and it's also National Sourdough Bread Day. Tuesday, the 2nd, National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day. I like a good peanut butter and jelly myself. Wednesday is National Chocolate Moose Day. And there's, you know, mark these down. There's good wine. Do your wine shopping based on these while you're having these all these foods. And then next Thursday, to give you a heads up, since the program didn't come on until later, National Cordon Bleu Day, International Carrot Day, and National Ramon Noodle Day. Ramen? Ramen? Roman? Romaine? Romaine, oh, thank Roman. you. I know I was pronouncing it wrong. Romaine Noodle oh, Day. So that's what what we got coming up for for foods coming up this next week here. So buy your wines accordingly. Uh, and let's see, we got something else coming up here too. Let me find it. It is uh oh no, here it is. This is got events coming up this week the ones that I usually talk about I can't find this stuff so, uh, I given you the numbers check back last week I think most of the phone numbers are on there and check them out okay so we're going to talk about biodynamics we're going to continue into it a little bit this week and talk about biodynamics and what is biodynamics and a little bit more about it. Biodynamics. I yeah. I, I joined the website Demeter. Demeter. I'm not sure how they pronounce it. Uh, Demeter. I think it is. I joined their website. Got an email back from Elizabeth uh, Condelario, who is the president of Demeter, and. Uh, I, I, jo- I joined it by email, and so that's, you know, you can do it too. Just, you know, go to the website and sign up to join. But it says, we appreciate your interest in the vision of the world that honors our farms and farmers, is committed to bringing the purest products to market, and helps to heal our planet and its people through agriculture. Because fundamentally, that's what biodynamic farming does. So, uh, and they thank for joining in the e-list. So, biodynamics. I had a fun time. I told you last week I was going to go out and find myself a biodynamic wine this week so that we would have, uh, I would have something to talk about. Well, I went searching. All right, there's, there's three rather large wine stores, wine and spirits, but wine stores uh, just south of us here down in, well, actually right, right around Tarpon Springs, uh, Florida, just that area. One of them was a place called B21. They're located in US 19 in the northern edge of Tarpon Springs. And I went in and I said, I'm looking for biodynamic wines. Well, one of the girls behind the counter had absolutely no idea what I was talking about. She goes, what's that? I said, well, it's not the name of a winery. It's the name of a process. She goes, oh, I've never heard of it. And I said, okay. And I asked another girl and she goes, I don't know. I think we might have it. And she said, the wine person's not here today. She walks over and asks this other guy, do you have biodynamic wines? He goes, I don't think we do. No, he said, but we have organic. And I said, yeah, but I don't want organic. I want biodynamic. He goes, well, we got organic. I go, where is the organic? He says, mixed in with everything else. I'm going, oh, boy, okay. 
He said, you might find a biodynamic on if you find them. And, you know, I mean, like they have, I don't know how many different wines. So I went around, I looked, I found California because I know California has some biodynamic wineries. I found the California section and I found the Cabernet Sauvignon section and I'm looking and, you know, it's almost impossible to find even organic, let alone biodynamic, when you got bottle after bottle after bottle. It's not like, it's just like bottle after bottle after bottle setting there, different ones. And four shelves and all that. And I looked, gave a halfway look, walked around to the Chilean section, looked there, and didn't see anything that said biodynamic anywhere on anything. And so I picked up a couple of bottles of uh, well, a bottle of Chilean Carmenere, which I love, and a Argentine, was it? Yeah, an Argentine Melback. Yeah, an Argentine Melback. And I got those, I left, went down the street to Lucan's. I think that's how it's pronounced L U E K E N S, Lucan's. I think they're a pretty big place. I'm seeing Lucan's pop up all over the place around here now. And I think they're pretty pretty large chain or something. I, I, I'm not sure, but I think so. And, oh, let me back up a little bit. No, it was a, a Carmenere and a Primitivo I got at B21. They had a, a Spanish Primitivo there, which, you know, we've been talking about Primitivo and Zimmerdon and all that stuff, so I picked up one of those. Then went down to Lucan's and <clears throat> Excuse me. I asked the girl behind the counter if she had biodynamic wines, and she goes, "I don't know what that is." And I, the other girl's there, and she goes, "I don't think we do." And she says, "The wine buyer is here today. Let me go get him." And we found him, and I said, "Do you have biodynamic wines?" He goes, "If we do, they're down with the organic wine." I go, okay. And I said, where's that? And he told me, and I went down there, and they had a section of organic wines. They had a section of organic wines. And I'm looking around, and I found a Domaine Bosquet, Bosquet, Melbach, made with organic grapes from Argentina. And I also found a Carmenere that was organic, but neither one of them being biodynamic that I know of. I I never saw any biodynamic names on anything. So then I bought those two. Then I went down the street to Universal Fine Wine and Spirits. I think it's an independent store, just a little, it's, They've got. They've been there for a few years now. They've got some nice wines, and uh, obviously spirits, wine, and liquor stores. All the places are. I walked in there, and uh, I asked, "Do you have any biodynamic wines?" The girl behind the counter. One of them says, "I've never heard of that." The other one says, "Oh yeah." She says, "I'm. I'm sure we do. She says, we look for." And I said, "You know what biodynamic is?" She says, "I'm the buyer here." Her name is Crystal, by the way. And I said, uh, well, then you know what biodynamic is? She goes, what are you looking for? I said, biodynamic. And she says, well, she said, they're mixed in with them. What are you looking for? And I said, you know, not something real expensive. I said, I'd like to keep it down under 25 and if possible. And a red. She goes, well, let me show you a couple. So she takes me around and she showed me a couple of wines and none of them were marked biodynamic. They were marked organic, but not biodynamic. So I said, why are they not saying biodynamic? And she says, well, she says, I know these wineries do that. I know they're they're biodynamic. I said, but the wines aren't saying that. And so she said, we just got a new wine that came in today. She said, it's, uh, uh, I, I know, she says, I know this one is, uh, the winery does biodynamic. 
she said. So uh, this might be, you know, th this one is probably, and she walked over and grabbed it, it was a Cabernet. It's Bonterra, B-O-N-T-E-R-R-A, Bonterra, which uh, is, it's an organic vineyard. And I looked at the bottle, and nowhere on the bottle did that say biodynamic. But it did say growing in our organic vineyard. And that's what most of them do say, growing in or our organic vineyard. So I said, well, she says, I'm, I'm almost positive this one is biodynamic. I said, if it is, why doesn't it say so? You, you would think that they would brag about it. She goes, well, people don't know, and so they don't... Uh, you know, they don't write it on there. And I said, well, that's, I said, there's over 500 wineries in the world right now that are doing biodynamic. Why would they not want to put that on their bottle? So I bought it. It was $14, I think. And I bought it. I came home. I looked up Bonterra, uh, or Bonterra, I guess it's pronounced Bonterra. And they have, their website, which shows the bottles. And if it's organic, there's a little circle with a with a leaf, a couple of leaves on it that shows it's organic. And if it's biodynamic, then they have a circle with a sun and part of it's covered with a crescent moon. And then there's a little stuff around it, which sort of like a biodynamic symbol. And they did have some biodynamic wines through that winery, but the one I got was not biodynamic. It was organic. So I still have not gotten a biodynamic wine. And the wines that they did have that were biodynamic were expensive. Uh, their, their Grenache was 25 the, What they called the Butler was Fifty dollars. The McNabb was fifty, and the Roost was forty. So they are rather expensive on the biodynamic wines. But I had one heck of a time finding biodynamic or anything about biodynamic. Most people out there don't know too much about it, and those who do know about it don't have it available in their stores. So uh, look up Bonterra.com. B-O-N-T-E-R-R-A dot com. And pretty interesting website. They got information on there. It tells you about biodynamics. It tells about their wines. It, uh, you know, the commitment to being uh, sustainable and organic and, and biodynamic and stuff like that. It's a, it's a good site. So I, Instead of going through the site and telling you about it, just check it out yourself. It's it's an interesting site about biodynamics. But I also, like I say, I bought the uh, a Melback at uh, uh, one of the stores. Which store was it? Uh, this was at Lucan's. I bought this this Melback, and this was it says on it made with organic grapes, 2018. Uh, the date on it, naturally elegant wine. On the back, the label says, uh, by nurturing the land and treating it with respect, we know that the land will give us back its fruity, or its finest fruits, not pretty fruity, it's in cursive. So it says uh, this was, the vineyard was, by the Andes Mountains at 4,000 feet altitude, high thermal uh, amplitude. I'm having a hard time reading it. Amplitude contributes uh, obtaining fully ripened grapes with excellent acidity, 100% made with organically produced grapes, and then the flavor of mushroom, figs, and berry aromas, medium body, and round velvety tannins. It says product of Argentina, red wine, also in uh, a larger type and bold, says vegan friendly on it, which I always thought that most olive wines are vegan friendly. 
uh, except for a few. It uh, has the Argentinian symbol for sustained wines, and also it says certified by Argentcert, which I'm sure it's an Argentinian certification there. So that's what I found, and actually that's what I'm drinking tonight, and it's nice. It's It's got a pleasant aroma to it. It's got some nice tannins. Uh, very pleasant mail back. It was reasonably priced. It was ten bucks, um, but it, uh, it it's it's nice. It's nice for let's see. Uh, says here organic uh, eight point eight points organic grapes. Whatever that means, I don't know. Uh, but that's the little thing on it. But can't find. Biodynamic. All I found was organic everywhere I looked, and that that was that was the extent of my my shopping spree. And the fact that I could not find biodynamic. If you almost, I, I guess you have to know the winery and if, know if they do biodynamic, and if they do do biodynamic, then you're going to get biodynamic wines. But if you don't know the winery, then your chances of getting biodynamic are just a hit and miss type thing. Uh, like with the, uh, well, like with the ones I picked up, uh, Montero and stuff like that. Uh, I was told biodynamic, it wasn't. It was just organic on that particular one. I found something, though. We're talking about Biodynamic, and I found something. The book is called The Science of Wine, From Vine to Glass by Jamie Good. I, I love this guy. He, he's fantastic. I love his writing. I love um, what he has to say and everything. I, I just think he's great. I, I love his books. I've read a couple, three of them. He is a scientist, and the books are... Not scientific, but they are, well, uh, they're scientific enough so you can, you, you don't get lost in it. You understand them, but you, you, you're you not going to, you don't get to the point in them where you you, you forget, you don't understand what he's saying, and you, you just, so, you know, I like him. I like his books. But he says, what is biodynamics? Let me, let me read you this paragraph. And uh, this, this some, it's helpful to think of biodynamics not primarily as an agricultural system, but rather as an altered philosophy or, or world view that impacts on the practice of agriculture in numerous different ways. In other words, in order to farm bi- biodynamically, you have to think biodynamically. The system has its roots in a series of lectures delivered in 1924 by the Australian philosopher and scientist Rudolf Steiner. Steiner's mission was to bridge the gap between the material and spiritual worlds through the philosophical method. And he writes, already I can feel the scientist hackles rising with the use of these terms. You know, spiritual worlds and philosophical methods, not scientific at all. To this end, Steiner created the spiritual science of anthroposophy. Sophie, I don't know. A-N-T-H-R-O-P-O-S-O-P-H-Y. Anthroposophy which he then used as the basis of the Waldorf school system that persists to this day. It was late in Steiner's life that he turned to agriculture. His eight lectures, entitled Spiritual Foundations for the Renewal of Agriculture, were delivered just a year before his death, but they remain the foundation of biodynamic farming that is practiced in vineyards today. That's biodynamics, based on one guy's teachings, one guy's practice, one guy's thoughts of the thing. It, it is 
I, I can't comment on it because I haven't had one. Uh, they, he quotes some stuff, James Good quotes some stuff in this section here that a group of tasters went to a winery in France and the winery said, here, try these two different glasses of wine on a blind tasting. They didn't know, know what it was. And 14 out of 15 in the blind tasting chose to buy a dynamically made wine as better than the organic wine. That would be the way to try and be the way to taste it. The, uh, again, to quote James Goodhart, he said, perhaps the easiest way to illustrate the difference between biodynamic and conventional viticulture is by asking the following question. If I were a wine grower, what would I have to do differently to become a certified biodynamic producer? Is there a minimum set of criteria I would have to meet? And the answer is yes. You would have to be organic first. You would have to go through being organic first. And then you could switch over to biodynamic. Now, they're saying that it only requires like as little as extra six days a year, 100 extra hours a year to go biodynamic. Now, they're talking about a 15-hectare Vineyard, which is what thirteen and a half acres, something like that. Uh, it's only going to take you, uh, you know, that little time a year, or fifteen and a half acres, to something like that. I'm not sure. I can't can't convert it without pencil on paper. But that's it. The what would be needed. To obtain biodynamic certification would be the full use of biodynamic methods for two years. And you need to use field sprays and stuff like that. Although these sprays that you do are already made, you can buy them. They're, and they are biodynamically certified. That doesn't mean that they might not make rules and changes, but they are available for purchase. So, certifying bodies, uh, we know Demeter, Demeter or whatever, and we talked about last week, Biodivin uh, is another one. Biodivin is more just vineyards, whereas uh, Demeter is a complete biodynamic system for not just vineyards, but for farming uh, completely. And uh, so, this, he also lists some wineries that are biodynamic. And for the United States, he listed Frey, F-R-E-Y. I saw a Frey bottle under the uh, organic shelf, but I didn't see anything on the bottle that said biodynamic. And I, for the life of me, I can't understand why they don't list more than that. I'd get a sip of wine. That's nice. It is a nice wine. But biodynamic, the different biodynamic preparations. And this is what really sets biodynamic apart from organic. All right. Preparation 500. Now, I found out reading some stuff last week that these preparation numbers were not in use when Steiner gave his original concept, I guess you would call it, of biodynamics. It wasn't back in 1924. He didn't say, this is going to be preparation number 500. This is preparation number 501. It wasn't used then. It was a different concept that was used on the biodynamics and, well, not a concept, different words that they use on them. Let's see. I don't know if I can find them here quickly. Let me see if I can. Um, okay. Here we go. Um, 
Dynamics started out and uh, this yeah. started out and the stuff was not numbered during the Nazi control of Austria and that area of the world. Well, actually, uh, let's see here. Ralph Steiner, an Austrian philosopher and educator, uh, who delivered his first lectures on biodynamics in 1924 in a state, what is now Poland. He, uh, well, actually, he, was, uh, he avoided alcohol, claiming it muddled his mind and interfered with his spiritual development. But by the summer of 1933, the Nazis had banned Steiner's books from public libraries in Bavaria and by 1935 had banned them everywhere and gone so far as to ban the uh, society in part for having contact with foreign Freemasons, Jews, and pacifists. And so as a result, biodynamic farmers in Europe kept a low profile up until the end of World War Two, and because of the fact that everything was banned, they did not use the terms that were originally set forth by Steiner on these different preparations. They used a code, which was to fool the German Nazis so they wouldn't get in trouble for continuing to practice biodynamics. So instead of calling it one thing, they called it uh, Preparation 500, and Preparation 501, and 502, and 503, 504, 505, 506, 507, and 508, which each one had their own meanings. So that's where the numbers came from. It came from uh, uh, occupied uh, Poland and areas like that back during uh, the German occupations. Preparation 500 contains cow manure fermented in a cow horn, which is then buried and overwinters in the soil. <coughs> Excuse me again. Sprayed on the soil typically at a rate of 60 grams and uh, uh, in in 34 liters of water. So that's how that's applied to 501, ground quartz or silica mixed with rainwater and packed in a cow's horn buried in spring and then it's dug up in autumn as sprayed on the crop plants. 502, flower heads of urol fermented in a stag's bladder. The application applied to compost along with preparations 503 and 507. Together, these control the breakdown of the manures and compost, helping to make trace elements more available to the plant. 503, flower heads of chamomile fermented in the soil. This is applied to the compost. 504, stinging nettle tea. This is applied to compost. Nettle tea is also sometimes sprayed on weak or low-vigor vines. 505, oak bark fermented in the skull of a domesticated animal. This is applied to compost. 506, flower heads of dandelion fermented in cow mesentery. This is applied to compost. 507, juice from valerian flowers is applied to compost. And 508, Tea prepared from horsetail plant, a kestem, which is the name of the plant, used as a spray to counter fungal diseases. This is biodynamics. This is what it's done. You don't, you don't spray anything on it. You don't do anything with it. You 
just treat it and with a balance of earth and the balance of nature. You plant by the faces of the moon. You harvest by faces of the moon. And you continue on with no chemicals and all that in the winery and in the making of the wine and in bottling and everything else. You don't do anything else. It's all the balance of earth and nature and being one yourself with earth and nature and the vineyard and by dynamically thinking along with growing. And that's biodynamics. It's just, every time I start talking about the biodynamics, I'm going, wow, you know, it's just, but it's, it's becoming unbelievably popular around the world. Uh, every time I, I start looking at it, I'm finding more and more wineries that are doing it. Uh, in the 60s and 70s, two biodynamic consultants spread the philosophy to winemakers in the United States. And Alan Chadwick and his student, Alan York. And uh, Chadwick's mother was a Steiner devotee and his travels led him to San Francisco in early 1967. And he began uh, talking to wineries around California and all that and got them to start looking at biodynamics. And the phrase, Jonathan and Katrina Frey, F-R-E-Y, which I just said I saw their wines, met in uh, uh, Cavallo in uh, California in 1976 and founded the Frey Vineyards four years later. And they immediately, all 350 acres of which are biodynamic. And so uh, only 10% of their, their releases are Demeter certified. The rest is organic uh, fruit and stuff. They they do more than just vineyards. They 350 acres of planted, but and then it has spread. Uh, dynamics has spread. The uh, Benziger Family Winery in Glen Ellen, uh, Bantura and Ukiah. And that's the one that uh, I was talking about. Cowhorn and Jacksonville, Oregon, Cooper Mountain and Beaverton, Oregon, and El. Palagio, the Tucson, uh, Tuscan winery owned by Sting and Trudy Styler, all biodynamic. And it's becoming more and more and more popular around the world. If it's so popular, why can't you find them in a wine shops? That's just, it's still, I, I just, I am so confused about that. Some of California's most talked about wineries, Bonnie Doon, Tablas Creek, and I do get, you know, I read you the Tablas Creek thing, uh, the uh, Tablas Creek newsletter, uh, which is located in Paso Ropos, are all biodynamic. In Oregon, there are dozens of biodynamic producers. Brickhouse, and I'm sure you've seen that on the shelves. It's all over the place. Brickhouse, Rex Hill, uh, is biodynamic. Uh, there are also a lot of uh, biodynamic wines in Europe, uh, an unbelievable amount of biodynamic wines throughout Europe. France is taking off like crazy. There are uh, biodynamic growers there since 1969 when some of the first ones popped up, and they have gotten to be more and more and more since then. And it's becoming uh, even more popular uh, throughout uh, every year. Uh, biodynamic is becoming more and more popular. Um, the, the problem, the influence of psalms and retailers uh, is they're not promoting it like they should. Today, most cities in the U.S. are home to some of are wine directors who champion biodynamics, but it's not being found anywhere. In the early aughts, uh, small groups of people were really talking about dynamics, and since then it has gotten more and more and more. Uh, there's wine stores and wine bars that promote biodynamics 
all the time and carry all the biodynamics they can get their hands on. But it's still not not enough. It's not enough to let people know about it out there. One of the best-known advocates of natural biodynamic wines, uh, a lady in uh, uh, New York City, has built uh, a biodynamic restaurant that has 85% biodynamic natural and organic wines uh, on on its list. Uh, Well, the restaurant closed this last fall, but uh, they continue to promote it up in their area and everything in New York. But it's... And it goes on. This article it mentions one after the other after the other of restaurants and wineries and stores that are carrying biodynamic. I can't find it. I can't get biodynamic, just biodynamic. It's the only biodynamic, only way biodynamic wins will will gain a much. Let me read this properly here. The only way biodynamic wines will gain a bigger share of the wine market, says experts, will be if more drinkers start tasting the difference in the glass. That's how Faring, which is a person who's very involved with, became a convert. And now she writes books about natural and biodynamic wines. When it comes down to it, when it comes down to his taste, she says, I became aware of biodynamics when I realized most of the wines I was liking were either biodynamic or organic. The wines I liked the most were biodynamic. So, there you go. Uh, it's, and I'm constantly seeing stuff on biodynamics, I, on, on the wines. I just, like I say, subscribe to the uh, Demeter newsletter, so I'll be getting stuff in all the time, I'm sure, about about biodynamics now, but it's it, you would think that they would be promoted more. You would think that more stuff would be going out there about it. More stuff would be said about it. More things would be published about it. But it's not. It's you know, I walk in the liquor store and I said, "You have biodynamic," and the clerks say, "What's that?" You know, I mean, this is a big movement. You know, uh, so. I don't know. So there you go. Biodynamics. It's 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 here. It's, it's going to continue, but it's somewhere. And it's somewhere. <laughs> it's, it, I say it's here, but it's not here. Here, it's it's somewhere out there. You're right. It's not here. Uh, I guess the only thing to do is just you know go to the store, look up what's in the organic shelf, write down names, come back, punch in their websites. And see which ones are biodynamic, and then go back and get them. <coughs> Excuse me. That's uh, about the about the best way to be sure you have a biodynamic. They're not marked. This is something I don't know. Uh, I just I don't understand either. Why aren't they putting it on the label? Why aren't they saying this is biodynamic? This, you know, like the girl said, people don't know. Well, if they don't know, then let them know. Educate them. No. So, no. <laughs> Biodynamic. There you go. All right. <clears throat> um, it is 8.04, 8.05 almost. 8.04, yeah, almost 8.04. Okay. Um, I guess we can, uh, unless you have anything else to add, we'll shut the the turn the show down until uh, April the 4th. Wow, we have April the 4th. This is April. Next yeah, wow. What? We missed our anniversary. I can't believe we missed our anniversary. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, well, we had a ninth nice anniversary on ninth anniversary, and then we yeah, said, we well, the, we're really going to do it ninth. on the 10th. Oh, yeah, because it's our, our decade, you know, of shows, and yeah, totally, just, uh, I don't know what happened. We didn't even talk about it last week. Did no, we say anything no. last week? No. Wow. No. Yeah. I just like to say, you said the date, and I'm like, oh, you know, this dawned on me then. It's kind of went went over uh, went over our heads there, I guess. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll do something. I don't know. 
Um, you know what? I'll, I will let you treat yourself to that Burns um, event. In All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Oh, they're sold out. Oh, oh man. no. <laughs> so sad. So sad. Well, maybe so not. sad. <laughs> maybe, maybe next year. I need to get my reservations in now for next year. Yes, like I think so. Yeah, that was. Uh, ooh, man, that was that was expensive. Um, well, some oh, of it was. Some of it was. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Well, I guess we will close the show for tonight and um, thank everybody for uh, listening again this week. And we really appreciate it and for following us and everything. And uh, we will see you all next next week, seven days, April 4th, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Blog Talk Radio. Or it can be any time on the archives. Uh, once the show is done, about an hour later, it's available to uh, download, listen to. Uh, that kind of thing. So that's, I think a lot of people listen that way. So that's cool. I, oh, um, I, I'm sure a lot of people listen on archives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. convenient. You take it with you and, and uh, yeah, you go that route. So uh, thanks yeah. again and uh, have a great week. Don't forget, and we will, don't forget to hmm? tune in to Mike's radio show tonight. And it's oh, 10 to midnight. Thank you. We'll see you all next week. Voice. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yep. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.